Tonight we'll be inshallah resuming the Wednesday night light program So after Maghrib uh, At least during summer because Aisha is late So we can't do something for you know, 20-30 minutes after Aisha uh, Today we'll be in here inshallah Jazakumul khair um, So just for your information uh, FYI uh, the plan is, inshallah, to have this every week, every Wednesday, um, after Maghrib, basically during summer when the days are longer, and then, inshallah, eventually it'll be uh, after Aisha bi'idhnillah, but we'll take things one step at a time. Uh, today we'll be resuming the, so the the book that we've been covering the last uh, several sessions is called Hidden Blessings, 40 Wisdoms Behind Calamities, Difficulties, Trials, and Tribulations. Uh, the the reason for this specific book selection is pretty self-explanatory. I think the last couple of years have been very difficult and challenging for for everyone in in different ways. And we ask Allah to uh, to turn any hardships that we may have now into ease. And if we're struggling to to find any wisdom behind any of the challenges that we're facing now, then we ask Allah to help us with understanding that wisdom and benefit. So each each week, each session, uh, the plan is to cover two wisdoms, inshallah, so clearly there are 40. So today we'll be covering wisdoms 9 and 10. The intention for this is not for it to be too long, something, uh, you know, 20, 30 minutes maximum. And uh, if along the way, if anyone has any questions, feel free to raise your hand. If anyone has any thoughts or reflections, then I would be happy to, to hear uh, what anybody would be willing to share Because when people do share Then usually everyone else uh, Ends up benefiting more than they may Realize and expect Okay, so for wisdom number 9 The removal of worries Hakim al-Ummah Rahimahullah said One should completely lose hope In the desire to remove worries From one's life Because it is for this very reason That we have been created these worries will only come to an end once we reach paradise. Allah says in the Quran, Verily we have created mankind in turmoil. This is an ayah from Surah Al-Balad. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي كَبَلْ So this one, usually each wisdom is about two or three pages. This one was just one page, so it was pretty short and to the point. Does anyone have any, even briefly, uh, does anyone have any thoughts that they may want to share in connection with that wisdom based on the idea that wisdoms, uh, sorry, uh, worries only truly end once a person uh, enters paradise? Does anyone have any any thoughts that they may want to share uh, regarding that before we move on? If not, that's fine. If so, that's fine. It, it's up to... I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> yes, sir. Go ahead. All the problems, any problems that you had, they were all finished when mm-hmm. you reached to the paradise. So, so in Jannah, there are no problems. So let me ask you this. Is it realistic if we're in if we're in the dunya, if we're in this life, is it realistic to expect for things to be uh, perfect all the time? Do you think that's how things work in this life or... Or no? No, so that, that's a reminder of how little this life is worth, right? This life is, is really not worth um, anything in the eyes of Allah. One time the Prophet ﷺ, he was with some companions, this was in Medina, and they passed by like a dead animal, like a, a, a dead lamb or sheep. And 
uh, it was also disfigured. So the Prophet asked them, like, you know, who among you would, would buy this from me? And they responded, they were kind of confused by the question. And so they responded by saying that, like, we wouldn't pay, we wouldn't pay anything for this, you know. One, it's it's already dead, and two, it's it's also like disfigured. So, you know, we we wouldn't buy it for anything. And the Prophet responded by saying, um, that this world with Allah is worth less than the animal in your eyes. So it was it was a really it was a really smart teaching moment from the Prophet to. It's like just passing by something and then he he saw that and he turned it into like a, a short lesson. But the point is, it's at the end of the day, if this world has even the potential for ups and downs, for trials and tribulations, um, then it, it's an indication that this this life at the end of the day is, you know, is really not worth anything in the eyes of Allah. And there's another hadith from the Prophet ﷺ in which he said that this like this life is worth less in the eyes of Allah than the wing of a mosquito. So if you think of Faisal Karim, if I said, I'm going to sell you the wing of this mosquito for $500, would you buy it for that much or would you negotiate down to like 450 I wouldn't even You wouldn't even try buying it. Not even for five dollars? Come on, one percent from five hundred down to fifty down to five. One, it's just one percent of the original asking price, huh? Not even for free. So if I said, "Hey, in Mubarak, I'm going to give you a wing of a mosquito," you'd be like, "What?" <laughs> like you'd be so confused. Are you crazy? Like what? That that's not worth anything to me. Like actually, is it's it's an insult. It's like. Come on, give me eat money. I don't want bugs. <laughs> I don't want the wing of a mosquito. I, you know, I want something that's actually worth something. I want PS5. You know, I want chablak. <laughs> I, I want, you know, all these different things that are would actually be worth something. So when you think about it, that that ex- the example of that hadith really puts things in perspective. That. Yes, there are blessings that this life has to offer. There are also challenges that this life has to offer. Um, this too shall pass, right? The good regarding this life is going to pass. The bad regarding this life is going to pass. Um, it's it's easier said than done, but the the idea for the mu'min, for the believer, is that we have we appreciate the blessings we have now. We never ask Allah for hardship. We should ask Allah for ease, for health, for well-being. For, for good things. If you want to be a, a, a billionaire, may Allah make you a multi-billionaire and make it good for your dunya and akhirah. That's the trick, right? If someone, if they become so rich and they say, okay, now that I'm like, you know, so wealthy, I'm going to buy like my dream house. And so they go, they buy that dream house. Maybe, for example, maybe it's two hours away from the closest masjid. Okay, so they get this amazing house. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. But then... What about everything else in your life, right? What about the masjid? What about Quran? What about you know these these other things? So what if when they had less money, they were spending more time in the masjid, for example, or doing good deeds or whatever? But then sometimes it it can become a distraction. It can become something that pulls someone further away from Allah, or it can be something that brings someone closer to Allah, 
right? So maybe they decide, okay, they want to get a good house, mashallah. But maybe they, they plan it where they're going to be 10 minutes away from the masjid. It's still a really nice house, good neighborhood, everything is good. But, you know, I want to be close to the house of Allah so I can still spend time there, for example. Um, so, and typically when people think of, of, of money, a lot of the time it's thought of a lot of the time by a lot of people in like a really, a really good way as if it's only a good thing. We ask Allah for barakah. We ask Allah for what's good for us. So if someone, you know, is hoping to make a lot of money, a lot of halal money, alhamdulillah, but ideally with some kind of balance, right? So whatever the blessing is, it can bring us closer to Allah. And even whatever the challenge is, it can also bring us closer to Allah. I have a, uh, I have a friend, I know a brother, he was, th- this was many years ago when we were having this conversation, and he was several, uh, is several years older than me. And he, he was born and raised in a Muslim family, and, you know, kind of got caught up with certain friends and a certain lifestyle, and he had basically spent some time in jail and, and was involved in a certain lifestyle, got out, and basically, you know, went in a different direction, went in a better direction. And I actually met him through uh, the masjid. And subhanAllah, one thing that he mentioned that always sticks with me is he said that he was never closer to Allah in his life than when he was in jail. SubhanAllah. So he was saying that as, as difficult as that was, now I look back and I say Alhamdulillah. There was the difficult side of things, there was the challenge for sure. He said, but I found Allah, I reconnected with Allah, and I, I, I reconnected with my Iman, with my faith. And then even after getting out, then he continued with that. He, he decided that, you know, the masjid is more close to my heart than whatever whatever other stuff, right, that, that he may have been um, caught up in. So it's definitely a challenge, but he turned it into something that brought him closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and we ask Allah to help all of us in this regard. So just because worries are a fact of this life, that shouldn't stop us from still asking Allah to remove our worries, to help us and to give us peace and happiness. And and uh, it, it just it sets the framework and puts things in perspective that the dunya is a swamp and we just do what we can to try to make it to the other side. And we ask Allah to gather all of us in Jannah. Amin. Okay, we're going to move on to Wisdom 10. Belief in predestination. Belief in Qadr. Hakim al-Ummah. So Hakim al-Ummah is, is a, an honorary uh, title of respect for the author. And then, so there's the original author and then the, the sheikh who translated it. So the original author is being referred to as uh, Hakim al-Ummah. Uh, Rahimahullah said, True faith in predestination is what removes worries. So, Predestination is a big topic, and there's a lot that can be said about it. Um, but a lot of it depends on how do we look at it, right? How do we interact with it, with that knowledge, with that information? So here, it's the the, the teaching is for us to try to interact with it in a positive way. True faith in predestination is what removes worries. You should consider these calamities to be either a punishment for your sins or a test of faith. But beware, never consider calamities to be a manifestation of Allah's displeasure. This kind of thinking is dangerous and weakens one's relationship with Allah, eventually leading to complete disconnection from Him. And then the commentary says, A very important point is being made here. Calamities from Allah should not be thought of 
as a sign of Allah's displeasure with one. It is like a father who reprimands his child to correct a mistake. If the mistake is left uncorrected, the child may develop a bad habit and will harm himself in the long run. The father's reprimand is certainly not out of hatred, rather it is only out of love and concern for the child. Indeed, if the child were to if the child were to consider the discipline to be an act of punishment or hatred, this would be extremely detrimental for him. Rather, it is only out of love that the father disciplines his children. Similarly, the calamities we experience are often an act of mercy and love for us from Allah. Hakim al-Ummah is simply saying here that one should consider all calamities, quote-unquote, to be either a reprimand whereby one is being turned away from sin and back to Allah, or as an opportunity to show one's steadfastness for Allah's sake. Okay, so that's wisdom ten. Does anyone have any any thoughts on on that one? On wisdom ten. So the the idea of belief in predestination, the belief in qadr. Yes, go ahead. What means predestination? I'm sorry. What means, pre- what means predestination? Okay, what does it mean? Good question. Let me read you a quick footnote. Um, Predestination is an article of faith, an article of iman, without which our iman is incomplete. It refers to the pre-knowledge and divine plan of Allah for His creation. So it's Allah's plan for His creation. It means that we believe that whatever missed us would have never reached us, and that which reached us would have never missed us. Everything has already been recorded in a clear book. So it basically refers to Allah's plan, and the the best way... Uh, to, if anyone has any any thoughts, questions, or comments, you know, uh, feel free to to share. Um, the best way, I think, to understand this concept, excuse me, is that there's always an understanding that we have as people, as Muslims, that we're responsible for our decisions and our actions, right? Even then, because we plan all the time as people, so we may plan and do everything we can to go in a certain direction. We're supposed to do that. We're supposed to put in the effort. We're so, think of a bicycle. We're supposed to pedal. We're supposed to. But then Allah may guide the handlebars in a different direction. Okay? So someone is like, I want to, I wanna, for example, they, they, they want to become something when they grow up. Who can give me an example? Anything that anyone... I'm not necessarily asking for you. I'm just saying, what is something that someone may want to be when they grow up? Yes, sir? Engineer. Engineer. So let's say someone, they have really good intentions for the sake of Allah to become an engineer. Let's say they want to become a civil engineer or any type of engineer because they want to use that skill to build things, to do things, to help people in poor countries, to help people in poor neighborhoods, uh, especially Muslims. And so they have really, really good intentions. And so they make their, they make their niyyah, they make their intention, let's say from a young age, that that's what I want to become, and this is why I want to become that. And a lot of it may have to do in their intention to help other people, which is really good, right? Really good for uh, for your deen, for your good deeds. So let's say this person they're they're doing really well in school. They're doing er- they're doing everything they can to go in that direction. So they're pedaling. Sometimes that may end up working out, and that ends up happening, and they do that, and they stick with their intention, and maybe Allah decides that, yes, that is what's good for them, what it, what's best for them. Or maybe as they're going down that path, they, they hit a wall, and they're trying to get into a certain engineering school, for example, and they're applying, and they have 
perfect grades. They have, everything is good. And they apply and you would expect them to get in without question. But maybe, for example, they don't get in. And so they're confused. They're like, wait, I, I, don't, I don't understand. So the point is, sometimes you have a plan and you have good intentions and you're putting in the work and you're going in that direction. But sometimes Allah will guide the handlebars maybe to go in a different direction. So let's say instead they want to pursue engineering and let's just say for example there's a wall and 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 it just seems like okay maybe Allah just wants them to do something else what's another example of something else that someone may want to be when they grow up what's an, what's another example a doctor. a doctor right so they want to become an engineer they have all these good intentions and then let's say along the way there's this wall there's this barrier and they decide okay it, it seems like Allah is redirecting me. So, okay, if I'm going to think about something else, you know, my option too was always medicine. So they, they, they shift, they pivot, and they decide, okay, I want to become a doctor, and I want to use, you know, that type of expertise to help other people in poor neighborhoods and poor countries, especially Muslims. So let's say they end up doing that, and they become a successful doctor, and then they end up finding like the most amazing cure in human history, right, for whatever. And let's say they, they do that, and as soon as they do that, then they realize, subhanAllah, now I see why, initially I wanted A, now I see why Allah's plan ended up being different. Does that make sense? So Allah knew that, okay, they're trying to go, and Allah knows, for example, that there is going to be a, a, a barrier, and there's going to be a detour, but the way that Allah's uh, plan ended up working out for that person in that example, that actually ended up being something better for them. And then maybe they realize after doing that for a couple years that actually they, they actually love this more than they would have loved engineering, for example. Right? So the, the best way to understand it is like we always have to put in the effort as best we can, but we, we, we always understand and keep it in the back of our minds that Okay, this is my plan, and I'm going to try my best, but I also understand at the end of the day, it's up to Allah. Like, I can knock as many times as I want, it's up to Allah if that door opens or not. And if it doesn't open, then, you know, chances are Allah is going to have something else that's actually better for that person, inshallah, in store. So, predestination can, can turn into like the, a really lengthy topic, but to, to summarize that... We, on one hand, we put in our effort as responsibly and as best we can, but we also make dua and we also ask Allah to help us and we also um, discover what Allah's plan is for us as we're taking responsible action, right? And at the end of the day, you know, Allah understands like the complete um, picture of what qadr, of what predestination really is. Uh, we have a very limited understanding when it comes to it, but... Um, that that's kind of a a I guess a simple way that I would try to explain it. Does anyone have any any thoughts, um, questions, comments, anything before we we can wrap up in a minute, uh, inshallah? Any thoughts? Any? You know what I should do? I should start asking you guys questions, and then if you get it wrong, then you have to give me five hundred bucks <laughs> or the wing of a mosquito. I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so if if there are no uh, comments or questions that that's totally fine thank you guys for being here may Allah bless all of you for being here and we ask Allah to accept our intentions and our efforts for being here for being 
in Allah's house to, to pray for Maghrib. May Allah accept our prayers and then also to have a, a positive gathering like this with the good energy, with the good vibes. And we hope and we pray that, you know, there are angels of mercy, uh, you know, also here as well. And we ask Allah for his peace and tranquility. And we ask Allah for that in this life and the next. We ask Allah to turn our hardships into ease and we ask Allah to show us the hidden blessings uh, that are connected to the challenges that we may have in our lives. And we ask Allah to turn those lemons into lemonade and to help us to do our part to try our best to also turn those lemons into lemonade. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun. Wa Salaamun Al Mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.